This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Hello, welcome to the Summit Show. This is your host, Caitlin Hashem, and I have somebody who's very special in this community, a leader and a friend of mine, a graduate of the Bible College and soon-to-be professor, Dr. Matthew Edmondson. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Caitlin, and thank you. I am honored, blessed to be here this evening with you. You know, not to throw you under the bus, but you said over the break that you were a little nervous. And I cannot (laughs) imagine why, because I have to tell you, I had you on the show a few months ago, and it was the best show I've ever had. And you are an eloquent speaker. Uh, I've been doing radio for, seriously, almost a decade, and I'm just amazed by the ability that you have to speak. And so, for the listeners who don't know, you are a counselor here in Bakersfield, Dr. Matthew Edmondson, you are with KCM. Tell us a little bit about yourself in KCM. Sure. You know, and by the way, I think your absolute radiance of positivity has an extremely good and calming effect. Actually, not so calming, but more making me excited about this. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Community Ministries. Uh, we are a local, uh, a local counseling uh, service and ministers as well. And as far as my own as coming to KCM is... Actually, Summit Bible College is what turned me on to that to that particular road path in my life. God really used Summit Bible. There's no doubt. Not only in me, but in hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people one way or another. <clears throat> so you graduated from Summit? I sure did. Graduated, I believe it was 2017. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Might be off by a year, but um, it does. And Summit has just changed my life. There's no doubt about that. And I'm, I'd gone to other schools. And I got my bachelor's, my master's, and then came to a fork in the road in my life that I was either going to pursue, I, actually my master's was diplomacy and military studies. And that's a great thing to have, but not if you're necessarily living in Bakersfield. So um, God opened up the doors, uh, introduced me to Summit Bible College. Dr. Hedges was my counselor there. Great, great man, great intellect, great heart, everything um, like that. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go into the ministry in the sense of being a pastor at a church when I started Summit or counseling. And counseling was always in my mind, but not at the forefront. When you say always, do you mean even in your younger years? You know, in younger years, I think it was more my ego. <laughs> I like the idea of speaking in front of a lot of people. Okay. You know, everybody paying attention to me. Uh, it was me, me, me back in my younger, younger years. That's how we are without like Christ prominent in our hearts. We all have egos, you know, so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is normal. He was in my heart, but he was not prominent. Yes. You know, I mean, definitely. I was raised, reared in a very Christian home. And as soon as I discovered freedom, I ran as much as I could. Yeah, I mean, I knew God was there, but I always thought I'd get back to him when I was older, closer to needing heaven. So I'd get back to you, God. And, you know, I could not have made him smile whatsoever. And you did come to a point in your life where you needed heaven quite (laughs) intensely. Yeah, you know, when I used to say, God, when I'm closer to needing heaven, I don't know, 70, 75, I'll I'll get back. And he must have been shaking his head and saying, you're going to need to get back sooner. Yeah, we all do. And the idea that I strayed is not new under the sun, obviously. Uh, However, what brought me back to God was full-time anyway, was um, extremely devastating to me and my family. What happened in this situation? I know, you know, I did have you on the show. And I do encourage you listeners, you can look up the show, the Summit Show, on iTunes Podcast, Anchor, Google all the major podcast platforms. Uh, it's called The Summit Show. I 
really regret naming it the summit show because if you actually scroll through any podcast there are thousands of names that include the word summit but you could simply look up um, Matthew Edmondson and you will find our previous podcast which I strongly encourage you to do because he's not going to get into the fullness of his testimony right now but he's going to give a little bit of um a little bit about it just so that you can understand the overarching topic today of crisis counseling, why we're talking about crisis counseling and why God is really using him in this um, capacity. So go ahead and share us like the cliff notes of your testimony. No, I, under, I understand. Um, the short version of my testimony, actually the extremely short version of my testimony, but I had lived in Hawaii for, I believe it was 12 years at that point, And I was doing professional photography at the time. And one night, two men broke into our house. Actually, they were they were boys. They were young men. One was 19. One was 20, I believe. And uh, they hit me over the head. <clears throat> one of them did anyway, continuously with a hammer. Uh, to the point when I got to the hospital, that which I was knocked out. I was unconscious. I was in comatose level. Uh, Glasgow comatose level of three. And you don't get any more comatose than that and still be alive. And when I got to the hospital, uh, my every bone in my head had been broken except for two of the three small ear bones in my right ear. But I was out of it. I came, I came up to level five comatose. So they did a 21-hour maxillofacial reconstructive surgery. Basically, they tore the skin. Well, they cut and they peeled back the skin in my face. And they, I have so many screws in my head right now. There's at least 100 of them. My eye sockets were put back together with um, titanium meshes, mesh. And and then they sewed me back up together. Can I just say, I have to interject because I didn't know your testimony until I had you on the show a few (laughs) months ago. And I always say it, but like me and the engineer, our jaws were on the ground. Like we had to pick each other back up when we were listening to your testimony. Your face, you can't even tell that you, whoever these doctors were, (laughs) were from heaven. Like the Lord was using their hands because... To think that your school was completely destroyed in the way you look like, you don't look like you went through that. Well, you know, when I got back to California, my parents had taught me, and actually, when I came out of the comatose, uh, out of, after they'd done the surgery, they kept me in a hospital-induced coma for about three or four more weeks. And when I woke up, or they brought me out of the coma, you know, there were doctors, nurses, attorneys, uh, police, and my mom and dad were sitting right next to me in the hospital room, and I don't know how they knew to get over there i mean they last when i had known last they had lived an ocean away here in bakersfield california the hospital apparently called them and the reason i bring that in into it is that i was going to they talked me into coming back to bakersfield to rehabilitate where ucla rebuilt my jaw and well i know where we're going with that so i used to have a lot more scarring on my face i just think god over time this happened 13 years ago and I think there's still some, some scarring, but over time, God has just not only washed that away, well, he hasn't washed it away, but you know, also he has just worked wonders in my life. I mercy, I, mercy, absolute mercy, you know, grace, mercy, benevolence, without a doubt. And my parents had taught me to come back to Bakersfield, and these guys, by the way, had also murdered my great aunt, eighty-four year old. They took a brick to her head, and so I got back to Bakersfield. And my dad had power of attorney, so I had. No money. I no. I didn't have a car at the time. I only saw out of one eye. I still only see out of one eye. No, but I see a lot more clearly the world that God wants me to see now. How you still only see out of one eye? Yep. My right eye. I have no eyesight whatsoever. But I do drive legally. 
I always wow. have to throw that in there. You must have like very good. I mean, wow. Now, you know, I remember the. You're looking. Your eye contact is amazing. That's another thing of God's mercy. Yeah. You know? And I learned that two eyes are kind of overrated. <sighs> um, one eye actually is good. And the doctor had told me, uh, she had to sign notes about Mickey and driver's license. She said, Matt, there's a lot more one eyed drivers out there than you think. What? I never. I can't. <laughs> I don't know how serious No one thinks of this stuff. I know. I know. Right? So your dad had power of attorney. Yeah, my dad had power of attorney. I didn't have a car at the time. I was staying at my parents' house. As a matter of fact, I absolutely loved my dog who came back with me from Hawaii. Kona, right? Yeah, Kona. But my parents did not want him to sleep inside. So I remember the first night I was here, I got a tent put in the backyard. They didn't like that idea either. So... My dad keeps an extremely clean garage, cleaner than a lot of people's houses. So got an air mattress and I slept with Kona, uh, German short-haired pointer, for probably about three months in the garage. Which probably helped you heal because, you know, when we have these things in our life that serve as comfort to us when we're like recovering from crisis and trauma, it's important that we hold those things close so long as they're healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sweet that you mentioned that little part of your story because you know, animals or companions or even a good book, (laughs) like whatever it is can serve in our process of healing. And, um, that must've been a long journey for you to heal from the trauma of that experience, losing your aunt, who was one of your best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's enough to go through. Right. And then having, having to rehabilitate. So what did that process look like for you? Did you have to like learn how to do stuff again? Like write, or did you not write? <clears throat> Sorry. It's, it's, that's interesting. Is that when I came out of the coma, the doctor said, I may not walk without a walker again. I was walking pretty quickly. Wow. They said, I may not eat by myself again. And I was missing half, half of my lower jaw and my mind was not altogether there. So I couldn't figure out why they were serving me only mushy foods. <sighs> You know, so I remember at rehabilitation in Hawaii, I was there for two weeks in rehab there. I used to trade my mashed potatoes with the lady sitting next to me for some of her food. <laughs> and then came the idea that I, well, the most interesting thing to me anyway, is that at the time I was speaking only in three sentences at a time. Obviously, I can speak a lot more now, but then the last sentence had nothing to do with the first two. And for example, in Hawaii, I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I love your tacos. We haven't had them in a long time. Will you make them tonight? And what year did Babe Ruth die again? Always. Like that for always, a long time? Always. I mean, different topics, different subjects. Like random things. Random. It would make me laugh. I just, I didn't even know. I could. The last sentence, I had no idea where it came from. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They said that might last my whole life. It lasted for probably about eight months. And then I remember, I even kept talking that way on purpose for another week. <laughs> just... just <laughs> everybody's reaction <laughs> to milk it yeah yeah <laughs> because it was pretty funny some of the stuff it was, sure was it absolutely oh my goodness was. so um basically you be all odds i mean everything that you weren't even supposed to really survive right yeah. you know there's a book called um the survivor's guide and i forget exactly who writes it but i know he used to produce uh, good morning america and it goes through all sorts of different well crises that people face and usually different ways that people die, that sort of thing. I, mean, I didn't know that four people every year in the United States are hit and killed by a garbage truck. I mean, but it goes really minor. But he does have some t- statistics in it. And this has nothing to do with me. It has absolutely to do with the Holy Spirit, though. But, you know, in America, the statistics for emergency rooms have not changed as far as traumatic injury goes. 
You know, the ERs keep an absolute record of everybody who comes to their doors, exactly what they do for them, and the success or not success rate. And they record it nationally. So if you go through an ER door with a bee sting, they know exactly what to do or what the, the chances are. But to me, more interestingly, if you show up in an emergency room with a, it's a, it's a knife wound to a major organ in your body, and you are unconscious when you get there, you have a 3.4% chance of surviving. If you show up with a gun wound, you have low 2% chance. I think it was 2.2% or something. If you show up in an ER in the U.S. with every bone in your head broken, you have a 0.9% chance of surviving. That's less than 1%. So, but again, it's not, not me. You know, there were times that I simply didn't care if I survived. Even after that, did you go through depression? I Sure. I absolutely went through depression, went through confusion. You know, and I was feeling sorry for myself. I mean, earlier we were ta- talking about, I was talking about anyway, about how I didn't have this, I didn't have that. And that's all true. But I'll never forget, I'm sitting at my parents' house in the, on the patio and on the front page of the Bakersfield, California. And the, this was in 2010. It would have probably been April or May. Could have been summer. I don't really remember. But there was a picture of a quarterback from Liberty High. And I wish I could remember his name. I, should, I, I could do him justice. But I believe he was 17 years old. He had been off-roading. And he had had an accident, and the picture was of him in a hospital bed, paralyzed from the neck down. And I thought, you know what, Matt? You can't see out of an eye. Yeah, that stinks. Your jaw has to be rebuilt. 44 trips to UCLA, that stinks. You know, but on the other hand, you can move. On the other hand, you're not reliant on other people. I mean, for every, everything that you're going to get. It's no. amazing. So God was already working in you, like even giving you an attitude of praise yeah. through the process. Absolutely. Do you feel that this whole thing, you know, brought you closer to the Lord in a rich way? Absolutely. And in a beyond rich way. You know, there was, I, I surrendered to God. Well, how soon after that? Like, what was that process like? You know, the process, I remember I was going to our church, River Lakes, and I was getting counseling. And that was extremely good. No doubt about it. Um, and... Really, was it crisis and trauma counseling? It was. Wow. It was. And what really God has given me, probably the, well, Proverbs says the best inheritance that an, an adult or a parent can give to their children is the foundation in God. And I'm extremely blessed that my parents gave that to me. So no matter how far, how fast I ran, you know, God wasn't going anywhere. He was always right with me. And I realized that. My eyes were opened. I realized that there was a future I had that God wanted me, my, that my job my work my mission here on earth it was far from over when you were in these counseling sessions and really just receiving from god the healing um were there any light bulbs that came on for you in your spirit that began to lead you into the possibility of doing ministry yourself ministry yes um you're like counseling. No, exactly. <laughs> and look at you now. It's not wild. No. And I'll tell you, um, I am so glad that I was receptive to the avenue that God had laid out for me. You know, I was on my own path for a while, and now I got back. Well, then I had gotten back on track with God, and it is so much more freeing when you're on track with God. You know, I mean, it is honestly when you surrender to God. God's not looking for a half, fifty percent surrender. I mean, there there are no fifty shades of, of God. You know, but he wants 100% surrender, and I did it, and it was freeing. You know, it's living a life of truth is just amazing. It's you don't have to remember what you told who what, you know, because you tell the truth. Wow, that's so good. I remember when I first met you at Summit, 
Um, I actually believe that the time that I really got to know you was through an influencer's meeting. It was a fundraiser, which is an organization here in town that really focuses on, well, it first started to equip men in their relationship with God, but then it's branched off into marriage. And um, it's a great marriage ministry. I've been a part of it with my husband. We've gone through the whole um, series, if you will, and read all the books and really grew a lot in our marriage. But I met you there. And I mean, I had already known you, but I really got to know you there. And I never would have guessed. It's so interesting. Like, I never would have guessed what you what you went through because you didn't sit down and share it with us at the dinner table, you know, like everything that you had gone through in Hawaii and all the trauma. Um, I've seen such an attitude of consistent humility in you, however, and knew right when I met you, even at Summit, that the Lord was going to use you in a mighty way and that your greatest asset as a minister is really your humility and how mm. um, you really have humbled yourself before God and you don't count yourself as... Um, you know, I think that, how do I say it? Sometimes when we are educated or we do go through these, like this process and we get equipped, it's easy to allow our ego to get in the way. Like, oh, you know, I have the qualifications to be in this ministry or this at this level of ministry. And I think the older, well, at least for me, like the older I get, and I could tell in, in your life as well, it's like the more humble I get because you learn how much you really don't know. And you learn like... There's nothing that you do to deserve God's grace or deserve God's platform. Like it says that in the word of God that he promotion comes from the Lord. So he's the one that promotes us, you know, and it's just really cool, you know, listening to you speak. Obviously, these are major traumas that you went through, but it's amazing how God truly does cause all things to work together for the good of those who are called and how he literally has used your traumatic event to help save the lives of people. So back to kind of your process, you're going to counseling, then you surrender, then you come to summit. You realize, let me back. Yeah. Let back me, up. Let me yeah. back up. You mentioned influencers also Please, influencers, yeah. are what sponsored journey, which, and that was a big step for oh, me. That's too. what it's called. The journey. Yes. Yeah. You know, that was a big, big step for me. Actually, and I remember meeting you and your husband. That was before you had your first baby. Yeah, right? I yeah. was pregnant. Okay. <laughs> Very newly pregnant. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, I don't remember seeing the bulge. <laughs> I was like 12 weeks. <laughs> okay. You know, the influence of the journey. I remember when they were at only at the bridge originally. And of course, now they're all over from Valley Baptist, Canyon Hills, um, Victory, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember I started going there and I was searching for support for fellowship, that type of thing. And I just showed up one Tuesday evening and met a group of men that I know to this day, five or six of them anyway. Uh, my mentor uh, came from there. Greg? Yep. Greg I Marshawn. Love him. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Such a sweet man. Yeah. And then... I kept on with the journey for about six years until COVID came around. But I absolutely, couples, they have the ladies groups now, men, of course. I absolutely encourage people to seek out. Yeah, and journey. it's a good way, you know, to find out who you are, your identity, to be established, to have accountability in your life. But I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it's one thing to go to Bible college, which obviously we are talking today and we believe in Summit Bible College. We are representing Summit. Um, Dr. Matthew is a graduate and is going to be teaching a crisis counseling class, which I have not even mentioned yet. So part of the reason why crisis is the overarching topic today is because he's going to be 
teaching a class in the summer beginning July 10th is when the summer quarter begins on crisis counseling and it's written by the book is written by H. Norman Wright who is from Bakersfield which is so cool have you met him I've met him a couple times yeah he's older now nevertheless (laughs) nevertheless he's sharp and he has been used mightily in the area of counseling and he knows his his stuff. He knows his subject. But all of that to say, it's one thing to go to Bible college and learn and, and get equipped in that regard. But nothing really beats um, intimate relationships and, you know, that iron sharpeth, sharpen iron type of dynamic in our lives. We have to really chase after that it's not something that comes i love that you said you know you were knocking on the door essentially like you went to the journey group because you knew you needed fellowship in your life we need to have that tenacity in our lives where we are looking for friends we're looking for mentors we're looking for people who we know are going to help take us to that next level i like what you, i like what you're saying i'm seeing it more or less like a jigsaw puzzle and all sorts of different pieces go and if you don't have all the pieces it doesn't get become complete you know, you talk about um, iron sharpening, ironing, having support, you know, uh, different men, women that become pieces of that puzzle for you. Of course, Summit was several pieces of that puzzle for me, no doubt about Same that. Same me. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a graduate and I've been working there and I can't say enough about Summit. I mean, I've been here for 15 years, which is just wild. Almost 15 years. You know, it just shows that there's obviously something great going on because I get bored sometimes easily and I have not gotten bored. (laughs) I have not gotten bored with summit. Not at all. There's always something exciting, whether it's a seminar that we're doing. You were a part of our last um, two seminars that we did. Actually, we did the women's conference and you came, which I think is so cool. You know, people listening might think, why was Dr. Matthew at the women's conference? I was the only male. Well, actually, there's one other male at that. that. He was a speaker, though. But wasn't it awesome, the women's conference? It was. It was great. Like, how many women got their lives just touched by God? The energy there was incredible hunger passion love just healing and you were there because you're a counselor and i think you know it's easy to be like oh well it's a women's event there only needs to be women but how many of uh, this is totally a side note but it'll kind of tie into the vision of the college how many women have hangups with men and the very thing that God, you know, wants to use to bring them healing with their dysfunctional mindset about men because they've been through abuse from men um, is God wants to use a man. God wants to use a man to heal um the woundedness that a lot of women have from men because he wants to show redemption and he wants to show a woman that like you were hurt by a man or maybe several men but men are not bad you know like i i use men and and god created men to be great leaders um husbands fathers and i think what i wanted to have at the women's conference this was back in october 2022 and we're having another one this coming october is i wanted to have the father's heart released over them Mm -hmm. and i think that pep roby did such a great job absolutely at releasing the father's heart and they you know Everyone loved all the speakers, but there was something to say about his teaching when I got feedback because the women who approached me after and and thereafter telling me how the conference impacted them were talking so much about the woundedness that they had from their father Mm -hmm. and how Pep was used to bring redemption and healing over their wounded father, their heart, you know, their wounded heart, their abandoned heart. Um, You know, a lot of... 
us struggle with that. And so I think for me, I'm really grateful that God brings men to events like that, like yourself as well, where there's an image there, a healthy image of this is my design. Like I sent Dr. Matthew Edmondson to show you the love of God. And I can imagine in your practice, there's so much that you go through not only do you counsel men, but I hope you counsel women too, because I do. I, yeah, I hope so. Because I, I think that there's a lot to say when there is woundedness there, when God redeems the, the image of a man for a woman. And like my case, Dr. Victor has been one of the greatest tools that God has used to heal me from my woundedness because I didn't have a father growing up and I had so much abandonment and so much pain in that regard like I didn't really understand how to interact with a father figure at all because I never had one and when I first met Dr. Victor I remember I was kind of intimidated by him not because he gave a reason for me to be just simply because I was so wounded and slowly but surely like my relationship with him has evolved in such a way that he's literally my spiritual father like so much of what I do today like even this radio show even my music my album that I came out with in 2021 was all because he believed in me. Kaylin, let me ask you, what attracted you? What brought you to Summit? Um, I got saved when I was 19, mm-hmm. and I was working with my mom in the loan industry. My mom's a home loan guru in the community, Catherine Micah. If you need a home loan, reach out to her, <laughs> 661-301-4662. I got to be loyal to my mama, right? Uh, I was in that business with her, and I really liked the aspect. So my title was production assistant. So my job was to go out into the community and get business, which she really didn't need me to because she has such a reputation, a great reputation. But I would preach all the time, like when I first got saved to the people that were coming in and my Bible was on my desk and my mom's pulling me aside and she's like, this is not the place for that. And I'm like, but I want to tell everybody about Jesus. Like I was on fire. Like everybody like, do you know Jesus? Literally so bold and recognize clearly that I had a call on my life. And um, Bank of America bought out Countrywide Home Loans, which is where she was at for a decade. And at that time I knew I had a way out. Um, uh, of the business and I did because I didn't want to break any bridges and I wanted to be loyal to her but I recognized that it was my time to get equipped and at the time I had already been at Summit um, I didn't share that part I went to an orientation um, and Dr. Victor was leading it and I signed up on the spot because I'm like <laughs> I need to be equipped but once Countrywide got bought out I knew that I wanted to actually go into ministry. I had already been a student for a time. I had already had some equipping and I called Dr. Victor and he hired me on the spot. So all of that to say, um, you know, it's been ever since that was 14 years ago, it's been this like journey of, you know, just obedience, like really obedience, but also a lot of thrill and a lot of like, I can't imagine my life (laughs) any other way. Like I want to be able to be free to talk about Jesus, you know? Right. Exactly. It's interesting how a lot of people, and probably me too back in the day that if I become a Christian, you know, basically there's not going to be any really super good times anymore, but I'm going to go to heaven. So it's going to be good. You know, there's a lot of things I have to deny myself, but, and that's going to really hurt for the rest of my life, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, but I'll do it. But that's really how it has not been for me either. It has been truly, truly freeing. Yeah. And joyful. Like literally it's been so joyful. So the next podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about counseling more, talk about crisis counseling and kind of what it is that you want your students to do from the course. Um, 
and just a little more about your testimony and kind of what you do at KCM. It's going to be a fun one. So tune in next week. God bless you guys. This has been The Summit Show. This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College.